Hey folks, welcome back to the Go Time Podcast for episode two with Warwick Schiller. Great horseman, great communicator, and um, somebody who really um, has a desire to grow in his knowledge, um, whether it be horses or just uh, communicating or um, just kind of a little bit of everything, right? People. Um, it's kind of at the core of it all. Anyhow, um, I enjoyed it. We'll cut it short. Episode two, Warwick Schiller. Have a good time. Here we go. Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. The meeting place of industry leaders, elite athletes, and game-changing individuals from around the world. Here we explore the grit, guts, and mental fortitude required to succeed in business, competition, and life that you've been looking for. So stop looking and start listening. It's Go Time with Brendan O'Reilly and Todd Martin. topic i guess of just like what we're talking about now then and uh relating it back to your your show career i guess because because one question i had for my my uh that my friend that i told you about who's a really good horseman and and he was a good camp he, he he's done well in camp drafting but uh his priority is always like the horse his horses and his relationship with his horses right and uh, and I talked to him about martial arts, and we talk about the same stuff we're talking about now. Uh, how you know to start with, it's a journey outwards, and then it becomes a journey inwards, essentially. And uh, one thing I say, like when I started my like martial arts, or like the reason I sort of stopped fighting professionally is because I found that like I was becoming less of a martial artist because it was it was becoming so much about the the sport that more than being an artist, being a martial artist. And, uh, and so I was talking to him about uh, horsemanship because my, my goal and what, something that's always driven me is to be a, a, the best horseman I can be. And I said to him like, so should I not compete? Cause like I've done some camp drafting and I said, I feel like if I follow the same trajectory I did with fighting, that it'll almost hold me back 
you know, like the competition side of things, because that's to me was like more a journey outwards. Uh, and, uh, and he, and he said, no, like you need that part of the journey to complete the circle. You, you know, you start off with the intention of being the best, whether it's martial artist or horseman, and then you go on this path and it's like, it leads you almost away from it in a way because you're so competitive that you're, you're, maybe you forget your initial intention but you need that to complete the circle to then come back to where you started uh and i i did find that with martial arts and uh and i just wanted to get your opinion on it as a horseman you know did you find uh what's your opinion on that i said i guess as a horseman as like how do you manage that uh competing but also that like being really centered Great question. Um, well, I haven't competed since the World of Question Games in 2018, and that was probably going to probably my last probably my last reigning competition. I'm, I I don't have the desire to do it anymore, but and I I think the reason is because I realised I was doing it for the wrong reason. I was doing it for the yeah, you know, doing it for the external validation sort of thing. Um, when I went to that that men's emotional resilience retreat the, the whole thing was centered around this book called king warrior lover magician and it's like the four archetypes so that you know the king does things for the good of the people mm -hmm. the warrior is the doer of deeds the magician is the guy that 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 uh, figures it all out and the the lover is the the guy that brings the compassion and the empathy and all that sort of stuff to it and every one of those has a shadow side and so with the king the shadow side of that is, so the king should do things for the good of the kingdom, for the good of others. And the shadow side of that is the prince who does things for external validation. And, yeah. and you know, for me, I, I kind of come to the, you know what? The only reason I've been competing is because so somebody else thinks something of me if I can, if I can do good at it. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not... You know, the, the competition now is more, it's an inward competition. It's not an external competition sort of thing. But yeah. um, that whole, you know, I I'd never, I wasn't terribly good. I mean, like I said before, I was, I was better at training than I was at showing. And I've won a little bit, but I haven't. You know, all the guys have won stuff. Todd are in Las Vegas right now. Um, yeah. And one of the things I hadn't ever done, Todd, was mark a 220. Like I read one, an article one time and this guy said, if you can mark a 220, you know, you're, you're up there. And, I, you know, I'd marked higher scores under one and two judges, but never marked a 220 ever. And when we went to the uh, World of Question Games in 2018, I hadn't been showing much for a couple of years. And my wife decided, you know, I don't think they can, you know, Australians can mount a, a team. You want to do it again because we did it in 2010. And so I'm like, okay, so we, you know, I, I bought a couple of horses, went back to show and whatever. And, and, uh, but how, we, we've got a friend of ours who lives in New Zealand. She's a, an equestrian mindset coach. Mostly she deals with people with fear of riding, but she does deal with competitors too. And so we did a lot of mental work with her during the year. And one of the things she did, we had a Zoom call with her and or I had a Zoom call with her and she asked me all these questions. And so I gave all the answers to these questions. And then she sends me an audio file. She said, you got to listen to it with stereo headphones. And she gave my wife one too, but it was different than mine. Now, friend's name is Jane Pike. And so 
I look at the thing and it's like 35 minutes long. Okay. So I put me stereo headphones on and Jane start telling me all this stuff. And after about 10 minutes, this Jane keeps talking and a different Jane shows up over here. So I've got these two blah, 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 blahs in me. And so I listen to this thing as much as I'm supposed to listen to it all year. Sometimes you half not off. You know, sometimes you weren't paying that much attention, whatever. So we go to the World of Question Games and our, and what they call is the chef equip. Our team coach said, so what do you think you and Robin can mark on these two horses? Trying to figure out if we can get in contention for the team medals, you know. And I, I said, um, you know, two seventeen and a half would probably pull the both of us up with these horses with us on our best day. The whole bit. So we go on the first round. I'm at two seventeen. Robin's at two eighteen. So we, you know, we did about what we thought we could do. But the weird thing was, I come out of there. I'm like, that was the most weird experience showing a horse ever. Like, I wasn't nervous. I was focused. I was in the zone. I was calm. You know, there was no noise. I was just right there. That was weird. Anyway, so at the World of Question Games, the the first round is the team medal competition. So the placings from that, the team medals. But then for the individual finals, they take the top 15 from the first round and they go straight to the individual finals. And then they take the next 20 and they have a semifinals. And then the top five of those go to the finals so that there's 20 in the finals. And I made it, I scraped in the last place for the semifinals, which we never thought that would happen. So we go back and go again. And I'm a 220. I'm three points higher than I was in the first round. And I marked the highest score I've ever marked under three judges at the frigging world of question games. Like I'm supposed to have my ass cheeks clamped pretty tight and I'm supposed to be a bit, and I was just in the freaking zone and it was, and then my wife goes in, she marks a two twenty and a half. Um, but afterwards, and we, we just, we were one spot out of making that frigging open finals at the world of question games. But afterwards I was like, that was weird because it was, it was, it was totally different than any time I've ever shown before. I've never felt it like, what, what was different? All of a sudden it dawned on me. It wasn't just what was there. It what wasn't there. I'm like, yeah. I just realized that every time I've ever competed, consciously I'm thinking, I know what I'm doing. I know what this horse can do. And I know how hard to push. I know what, no. but subconsciously I'm like, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? Yeah. You can't do this. And I've never known that voice was there. Until it wasn't there. Yeah. Completely different. It turned out that thing that Jane did for us during the year was a, a hypnosis thing. And so when she's talking in this ear, you know, when she's got the two voices going, whichever one you're listening to, the other one's gone in your subconscious. Okay. And it was, and she didn't tell us what she was doing, but oh, that, the whole, that whole tape was about limiting self-beliefs and all that sort of stuff. She's like, she asked us a lot of questions about, you know, limiting self-beliefs and all that sort of thing. And she's talking about it on this thing, but, but, um, or undoing those things, but I didn't realize it had done anything till I competed in it. And it was just, it was weird because like I said, I'd never, had never, the show pen had never felt like that before. It'd never been that clear and stuff. And part of it was, I was focused and calm and in the zone, all that stuff. But part of it was that what Jane calls the itty bitty shitty committee wasn't there. Yeah. And that all comes back to that, that, that self-talk that you have that you don't know you have, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, yeah. like, you start to understand that words matter. And, you know, Australia is a whole country full of people calling each other dickheads when you like each other, but <laughs> you know what? 
on the surface, you might think, yeah, he means good, but somewhere it's going in there. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, a, yeah. I'm really big into making sure that you, um, you know, whether you talk about other people, talk about yourself, talk about your horse, whatever, that you're pretty sincere with your words because it does, it does make a difference. It changes your energy, you know? Yeah. Man, that's cool. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense for it. Yeah. Real cool. But anyway, yeah. So that, you know, I, and I was pretty sure, yeah, I'm not probably, this is probably going to be the last time I, I show, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking I've yeah. kind of got it figured out why I've been showing all these years and I don't need that external validation anymore. Yeah. I'm the one who's got to validate me, not something I do or, or somebody else's opinion of me. And then I go and mark the highest score, the, the score I never marked. Yeah. But man, that's not really surprising, I think, right? To like where things start finding their center internally and then externally things start lining up. I think it's like, that makes a lot of sense. And you see it, I think you see it a lot in life too, you know, like, uh, it's good when people do it consciously, but sometimes you see people do it unconsciously where they might just naturally a few things have aligned in their life a bit better and suddenly the rest of their life starts falling into place, you know? Yeah, yeah so that's 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 pretty cool. I had I had a uh, I had a pretty similar um deal. Well, tried to be a similar deal, but it worked completely the opposite. I um I had actually um gotten a really good horse to be able to show at the um well and on that point i actually i was at the 2010 games where you competed at the 2010 games and i was at the 2010 games i was coaching the uh and helping some some of the girls that were on the danish olympic team and um so like that for for the folks that are that are trying to figure that out and see what that's like that's like no other show pin in the world that I have ever been to. Like that one, that, that was incredible. The, the vibration in that room when there was a run, it was, it, it was, it was incredible. I mean, it just, the music, the cheering and the crowd and everything else was just would blow your mind. If you're a showman of any type, there was no one else that was in that arena that didn't feel the chills down their spines when you come running in to do to, for, for any of those runs. It was that was like at, at a whole nother level of competition. I mean, really a whole nother level is incredible. But to be able to keep that concentration like that's something that's really, you know, you really have to take the time to really work at and, and do something special, like get some outside help. I had, uh, I had my first opportunity to have a really, really good futurity horse at a client that um, spent an exorbitant amount of money on getting a really, really top notch horse. I was running it at the futurity for the first time I went and got, um, I went and, and, and employed a, the use of a uh, sports psychologist. And I guess it was in like, this is like 2012, something like that. Well, maybe, maybe a little bit longer ago, 2007, something like that. And, um, and I got this really cool horse. I was really nervous because I knew I had a really good one. I knew I had a quality enough to get me in somewhere. And, um, and this guy had given me some, some visualization 
right to to prepare myself for the for the for the pen and and i think those are like kind of mentally getting yourself in that position to know how to handle it is really really important and this guy uh, the visualization deal he said was and it was great because he said if you're going to um if you're going to be able to keep control over your your emotions and everything else and and be able to do it properly you really need to um to run your run a perfect run right mentally you need to run a perfect run so if you are if it's a uh you're, you're you you have a horse that's slow difficult to get a lead change on if you're coming through on you're getting ready to do a lead change and you, and you feel the horse start to tense up you know this is all visualizing and just kind of close your and thinking about it you feel it getting ready says you got to just stop and start like just start just completely start over right because you're teaching yourself, you're training your brain to have a new neuropath, right? It's the deep, the more you go down that road, the deeper the groove that you're, that you're building for it. So instead of like veering off and taking the other groove, you stop because this is where you need to go, right? And so, you know, and he said, you know, good, use a good visualization tool. Like uh, I always recommend a, a 10 foot stop sign, right? Just boom, big stop sign. And then start your pattern right over, right? I'm thinking, all right, that's like, but I thought I'd be kind of cool. I'd do something different, right? I I imagined a, a big gorilla fist that just was boom, would punch it out, right? It's like a eight foot tall, big black gorilla fist, you know, to just punch it right out of there. The night before I visualized, I did it all before I went to bed. That whole night, that gorilla tried to rape me also <laughs> i called the guy up the next day and i'm like you gotta help me man i am messed up and like it's just falling apart and and what was funny was he said and, and it and it helped um he said you gotta go in a room by yourself and just like let it out like just break down let it all out don't try and hold nothing back. Just, you know, you're going to fall apart and then go gather yourself back up and get back on track. And um, I think if I hadn't actually made that, you know, scary phone call to him that I was falling apart, I don't know what would have happened because I would have lost it. I just, it, all night long, that would terrorize me in the night. That gorilla was having his way with you. I did. It was just. The worst, and then I'm like, why a gorilla? Like, who would have thought a gorilla? I could have done a stop sign. That was terrible. There's a the visualization you're talking about. There's a, a calf, a world champion calf rapper named Tyson Durfee, who now has wow, you uh, like a lot of mentoring other people. He's actually, uh, Brandon, he's actually married to an Australian girl, Shay Fisher. Yeah, I know. She used to be like a good steer rider back yeah. in, uh, Back in my high school rodeo prime, actually, she would beat the boys. So yeah, she was, yeah. Anyway, go. so he, I saw a thing today. He said, what he does when he visualizes a run, he visualizes the run perfectly 10 times in a row before he stops that visualization. He said, I might sit there for two hours because if I, if I do it three times in a row and make a mistake, I'm back to, you know, it's like flipping beer coasters in the pub. Like, you know, when you screw up, you go back to one, then two, then three, then four. <laughs> and, he, and you just go back to the beginning. And he said, he, and he said, it might take me two hours the first time I do it to get through that run 10 times perfectly without making a mistake. I, they, and that visualization, they, they did a study back um, 
gosh, I guess it was probably like 20 years ago where they actually uh, had this like bonnet cap that they, they would put on your head and, and the, the electrodes and whatever. And they would actually, you know, like map your, they, they do now, they, they map your brain, right? So they map your neural paths. And they had shown where they had uh, Olympic swimmers that they had measured their brain waves and their, and their neural paths while they were competing in swimming, right? And then had them go and just uh, visualize a swimming competition, right? Exactly the same. The mapping was identical. So what they were doing, in, in, and, that, and that's kind of like the whole deal on visualizing, is that you're teaching yourself, you can do it really wrong. And that's what most people do, right? They go and they think about, well, this is going to happen. So this is going to happen. I'm going to react with my horse. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do this. And, and all you're doing is you're, you're teaching yourself to react that same way. I thought that was really fascinating the way they did yeah, that. Yeah, you know, the mental game is the game of life, isn't it? Yeah, that's all absolutely. it is. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. So, do you do you? Um, well, I guess you haven't competed in in a couple of years. Do you have intentions to go back to the show pen any? You know what? Not in the raining. No. Not in the raining. The raining. You know, the raining is uh, I was uh, that made a comment on your deal that said that you were just a. Uh, pet trainer <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever that you know what other people think of me is none of my business uh yeah and that's the funny that's the funny thing like i i kind of fell into what i'm doing you know i was just a horse trainer and yeah you know when we lived in australia i got asked to at Equ uh, brandon at equitana i got asked to commentate on the way of the horse there which is a cult starting competition oh yeah yeah you know, I stood in front of three or 4,000 people three days in a row and explained things. And pretty soon the phone's ringing off the hook. Hey, we like the way you explain stuff. You want to do a clinic? And I'd never thought of doing clinics. So, you know, I started doing clinics. And then when we moved back from Australia back to here, you know, I had to start, well, I reckon I had no horses to ride and had some time. So I, from doing the clinics, I, I'd noticed that a lot of people have some trouble with some real simple ideas. And so I just made some little YouTube videos. And anyway, all that stuff kind of took off to where that's basically what I do these days and but there's no plan to do that and the thing that like if you're a kid and you want to be an actor you know you're going to be a bit of a public figure and you're probably prepared for it mm. but when you're an accidental public figure like I am now like my YouTube channel's got 24 million views or something yeah well and when you have there's 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 no there's no school to go to 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 have you prepared to have a whole lot of people have an opinion about you who really have no idea who you are or what you are or whatever. And, and that, yeah. that, um, that's, that's been a bit of a struggle for me. I don't think it's a struggle for everybody, but for, you know, for the way I viewed me, that, that, that ha I'm, I've kind of got a bit of a handle on it now, but that, that public perception of what other people think of you, you know, they say what other people think of you is none of your business, but that's a hard, it's easy to but say, but it's, it's a hard lesson to learn. It's really funny when somebody like that, um, because knowing where I started and how I felt about the views, that, you know, my almost my my reason for showing before was to prove that guy wrong, right? And um, 
And the funny thing that I thought was comical about the comment that was made, right, was and and really refreshing to see that you had you had to control over not control over but but you know who you are and those who around you who know who you are know you there's nothing to prove because the kid has reached half the heights that you have or half the accomplishments that you have and um and you never felt like you had to validate it and i thought that was pretty inspiring i mean of all things that the way you handled it, it was like you know that's that's sad and silly for you <laughs> more than anything else that it was but i i'm i was curious on the going back to the show pen um and i kind of feel like you know for probably the past past three almost five years i really haven't had i really haven't had much of anything of any top caliber to go and show um but um, I have one that I'm going to go show this year at the Futurities, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to it again, and not for um, not for any other reason except for um, I'm looking forward to enjoying it again. You know, I'm looking forward to going back and and finding the joy in in the pursuit of being good again, right? Or what I feel like hitting an accomplishment of taking this you know, joker of a three-year-old that thinks he's funny and, and going to see what he can do, you know, and see if I can't twist him around a little bit to see if I can get him to be a competitor and, and have fun with it. And I'm, I kind of really, they're coming out of that pen with a smile on his face, you know? Yeah. I, you know, as far as the competing, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I may go back to compete in some, my wife's quite competitive. Um, but she's probably done her last running too. So she's trying to figure out what, what's, what's next. You know, the, the thing with the, the reigning to compete at the level we want to compete at, yeah. um, you know, it's, you've got to have the right horse with the right mental outlook and it's, and I'm not saying they're, I'm not saying they're abusive to them, but there's a whole lot of strictness. It's like being in the Marines sort of thing. And and uh yeah i'm just not that i'm not that interested in something that they got to try that hard like they just got to try their guts out every time so it, it'll probably be something that's more technical but less physical you know what i mean that's i don't know what that might be maybe it's the ranch riding at the corridor shows or whatever but but uh yeah i i'm not sure what that is what that is yet I think one of the things that I'm looking forward to trying this next uh, after the maturity on this one and 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 I'll I'll still show him some and stuff but um my 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 next you know kind of uh, experiment is uh, taking my youngest kid she's 11 and doing the breakaway roping with her um and and I guess that's the the joy I'm getting to find is taking her and she, oh, Warwick, man, I see in her, oh, I see so much of me. Like I see the, when she gets out there and she's getting ready to rope one and whatever, she just is so tight and tense and, and intent on doing it. And, um, and I see her when she gets done, I see her look over at me for the, for the validation or for the whatever. And I'm just like, I get to smile from ear to ear 
she can miss them. She can whack them in the back of the head. And I'm like, you're great. Like, that's so cool. I can't believe you're up there doing that, you know? And and she's like, why are you always cheering for me? I was like, guys, I'm like your biggest fan, man. Um, but being able to instill that in, into her and be able to, you know, help her work through it, it's just a really a cool, a really a joy, I think, more than anything else. So that's my next kind of deal. That's awesome. Yeah, supporting your kids like that, that's so much fun. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really is. And so, oh, Warwick, I was just going to say, like, uh, kind of related to what you just said about not, uh, you know, maybe wanting to compete, but maybe not knowing in, in what uh, discipline, if any, and then uh, relating also to something Todd said a bit earlier about someone saying something online or whatever. And it, it's funny because uh, that same friend of mine that that, that talk, gives me a lot of advice, you know, as far as horsemanship goes, he, he'll always say to me, like, if I ask him a question about, oh, I'm doing something this or that or whatever, and he's like, you know what? Just ask the horse. Like, if you want to know if what you're doing is annoying it, ask it, you know? And uh, and the funniest thing, like, when uh, if someone relating to, like, that guy saying something to you about, uh, you know, what you're, how you're training a horse or whatever online, it's like, I bet if someone asked your horses versus his horses, your horses are going to be a lot more, you know, like okay with how they're trained, you know. And and I think sometimes the horse world seems pretty, can be pretty, like a pretty wild place for people giving you their opinion. And oftentimes it's like, I guess it's the same as normal life is they're attacking like what they're, what they are, their shortcoming, they find it in someone else and they attack it. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's a, it's just a weird thing like that. Right. Yeah. But it's, you know, I think it's, I think it's good having people attack you publicly because it's a, it's a, <laughs> cause it's a discipline to not retaliate or respond in a negative way. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's a, it's a, you know, it's just a, it's just a discipline. So I've been, I've been taking cold showers for about, two three years now and i've got a chest oh, yeah. freezer in the garage and i take ice baths do you do yeah. the wim hof do you listen to wim hof stuff and yeah i, I first oh. the ice bath i did was at a wim hof seminar but um but i yeah so yeah. i do the ice baths in here and it's and i don't do them as much anymore because i don't have to because they don't scare me anymore like i don't have to i don't have that yeah. mental yes no get in no don't like if you've ever bungee jumped or skydived yeah. or whatever and you're like You've got to go, no, I can't. Yeah, you can. No, you can't. You, can. you had that that conversation right there. Used to be every time I got in this ice bath, it was that conversation. Whereas now I can yeah. go out there and, and get in. Now it's it's a mental, you know, it's all about controlling your nervous system. Like what you don't want to do is allow any short, sharp breaths that put you in the sympathetic nervous system. So you've got to keep your breathing slow. And when yeah. you get in that thing, your body's wanting to... And you just got to control yeah. your breath and control your mind because it's easy to let go and have that happen. And then you're basically, yeah. basically lost. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's a, you know, it's a, it's a discipline doing that. And I, you know, I think the discipline of not, not responding to, you know, pot shots online by keyboard <laughs> warriors is, is, yeah. um, and I'm not very good at it yet, but I'm, but I'm trying to, but you, you, you know, you got to, you almost got to feel sorry for them. Like, you know that's yeah 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 
with it without yeah. saying without saying that to them like, oh, i feel sorry for you you're such a worthless but you know like you've just got to yeah you kind of kind of got to kind of got to respond with you know it's kind of like if you're driving and someone cuts you off you could think oh you need or you could think boy i hope you're not on the way to the hospital with your wife's having a baby yeah. you know like there's probably yeah, a really good exactly. reason for it you know and it's 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 just that it's just like when i was walking through the airport judging everybody and then i switched it to maybe happy and it's uh, yeah yeah. yeah, you know, that's, it's just, um, I, I think that's the big part about it is that it's a daily work, right? I mean, no, no one becomes a master of, you know, all of it. It's just, you know, you drop your guard down and all of a sudden somebody, you know, throws a, you know, pot shot at you and you're like, you know, and then it's like, oh, gotta, I've got to remind myself that I got to, you know, I got to take care of that and, and keep that in check. Um, and what Brent, Brendan said a minute ago about, um, I, I thought was really, really cool was that, um, you know, if you're having trouble in what you're doing and what you're not getting, you know, with your horse or whatever is, um, you know, you know, ask your horse, did you, did you think about asking your horse what it is? Yeah. I had um, uh, Doug Milholland one time, we were at a show and um that's i i really love doug millholland he's just one of those you that's know another very centered human being right there very very centered and um and no no qualms about who he is he knows exactly who he is yeah. right and um i asked him one time um you know so i had a question for you doug like so when you need help you know who who, are you, who do you look up for your training on your horses and stuff and i'm just curious to you know who you go and ride with or who you inquire about you know how to fix your training on your horse and he said um he says well i uh the first thing that i do is i pray about it and i thought oh well you know okay you know that's that sounds that's that's a good good answer good answer <laughs> and um uh, and I, I i i was like yeah and i kind of went on and he goes no um, you know, Todd, when I go to pray, I go to pray to, to the one who created the horse. Who better to ask than the one who created the horse? And I thought, well, boy, what isn't that something? There you go. I mean, who better to ask than the one who made them, right? That was that was a um that's a hard one for me to go back to, right? That's a hard one for me to to go and and realize, you know. It's it's a one that points me back to where I should be centered at. It's a good one. Yeah, that Doug, he's yeah, he's like an older Casey Deary, just just a yeah. amazing, cool human being. Yeah, very cool guys, very cool guys. Well, talking dude, about talking, just one real quick talking about that, um, you know, people having differing opinions or whatever. I'm kind of lucky because for quite a long time training horses. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I changed how I was training horses, but it was, I was learning more about the same thing. You know, it was, it was more about how to teach the horse to do the thing. You know, it was more about how to, to train the horse to do what you want sort of thing. And, you know, here about five years ago, I started listening more than telling. And, but back when I was telling the horses what to do, hey, it was working. I had, you know, I'm doing clinics all around the world and people bring horses and they leave better than they came. So I'm obviously right. right. I'm right. 
you know, yeah. the, horse, the horses are better than they were, so I'm right. Okay. And at the time, if, you know, six years ago, if, if I'd have met me now, I went, that guy's a whack job. And so I remember that. So now if, if someone, if there's someone who looks at me and thinks that guy's a whack job, I'm like, you're rocking it, dude. Yeah. Uh, you know what you're right it's it's kind of like this country you know the whole political divide you know the whole election thing the last four years and all that stuff half the country thinks one way and half the country thinks the exact opposite and you know what they're both right based on the life they have lived those are the those are the things they've come to understand you know what i mean in in the none of them, none of them are wrong if, if you've lived the life that person has lived and have every little influence that person's had in their life. I mean, no one, no one goes, you know what, I'm going to take every influence I've ever had in my life and every experience and throw it out the window. And I'm just going to believe something to you, totally different. I mean, you, you end up yeah. being the sum total of everything that's happened to you. And, you know, when people are like, oh, well, they're, they're idiots. They're totally wrong. Like in their, in their experience, they're right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But so when, when you can look at it like that, you get a whole lot less arguments and you get a lot less, you know, you, you get a lot less judgmental about other people. And I, that, being less judgmental about other people, I think is one of the, oh, the graces of, of life. You know, like once you get to where you let that shit go, mm. it's because it's, it's, it's just an argument you don't have to have, you know, it's, it's just, a, yeah. it's just some, a level of tension in you that the, it doesn't need to be there because you're not going to fix it, you know. And if someone comes and asks you your opinion about something, I'm thinking about looking at things differently. What do you think? By all means. But if they're, you know, if, if no one's asking for your opinion. Well, you know, I think, yeah. um, what, I think the problem that we get into in, like, the situation that we're in now, in this, you know, everything that's going on, um, I think the one thing that always comes to mind with me is that we're constantly pushed to figure out and find and focus on our, um, our differences. And we never look at what it is that unifies all of us, right? The only time that we actually ever get on task and are going in the right direction is when we have taken the, the things that are of the most importance, right? And put them first and foremost and took all of our diversity and put it to the backside. You know, the, I always thought it was really crazy. The, the definition of, of, of university, like that's the institution of higher learning, right? Where we're going to go and, and become a little more enlightened and, 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 grow in our learning, not necessarily that we have to align, right? But that we are going to go to a place where we actually learn how to learn, right? That's really what you know, the, the higher deal of higher learning is, is to become more open-minded and actually become to get to where you know how to look up and research and become more knowledgeable about whatever subject it is. But the derivative of the word university, finding unity in our diversity. Right, it's finding the unity, wow. finding the truths in our diversity. We can be diverse in our abilities, 
whether I'm mechanical and you're more theological or, uh, you know, whatever it is that we're, where we have differences, we can benefit from each other. You can be an intellectual and be a doctor and can really help and heal a lot of people. And I can be a plumber and I can actually help everybody do much better by being more sanitary and having the plumbing done, right? And running water. We both can, and one is not any more important to the you know, life expectancy of people than the doctor is and the plumber, right? But com two completely different people. But finding the unity between those two and what they, what they can unify on, the value of life, the purpose of life and those things, finding the unity in our diversity is what higher learning is about. I think that was a really impactful thing for me whenever I understood that, you know, how important that was. And we are online and, and doing things together, right? Um, I think with horse trainers, we have a tendency to, uh, if we're doing things and doing things right, and we eliminate all of the, whether it's customers, competition for the purpose of, uh, you know, make a better living and doing whatever else, we eliminate all of that. If me, you, Doug Millhall, and Casey Hidiri, uh, you know, Andre Fapani, who I think is one of the most horse-savvy people around, period. And we took all of those and we did it for, you know, we sat together. There's nothing we wouldn't hold back. We'd give each other all the information and help each other all grow. Because we, I've not met that in the horse, in, in the reigning horse industry, at least that there was anybody holding anything back. I can call any competitor and they're gonna, you know, hand over and give me any information. Um, and that's, you know, being unified for a purpose. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yep, very cool. So, I think that, uh, I think these, these I, like, I think you kind of exploring that and I love, going and, and trying to figure out more about, you know, the personalities and the horses that I have. I'm actually allowing them to have a personality, you know, where before I just was trying to squeeze them in a box, you know, and trying to have no diversity, but all unity, right? You all had to fit that box of what we were doing and how, you know, do it my way or, you know, my way or the highway. You're not going to fit my deal at all. And, um, and I just kind of need to see, you know, I even read on some of the stuff that Fapani's doing and, and, and some of the stuff that he's doing, he's, you know, he's loosening up some of the stuff that he's doing and, you know, going more along with the lines of getting the most out of a horse that doesn't fit his program and kind of doing, he's growing with it too. It's just really cool to see. Really cool to see. Yeah, I think so. Very cool. So cool. Well, I've enjoyed this, man. I really have. I've learned about more stuff about the horse industry and different parts of the horse industry. Do you, uh, Todd, you listen to Andrea's podcast? Yeah, I have. I've listened to, I've listened to quite a few of his. Have you listened to the one with Todd Bergen? No. Uh, yeah, I think I did. I think what, I I, what I found fascinating about that was um, at one point in time, they were talking about cutting, and uh, Andrea had spent a week in Texas with uh, Clint Allen, I think, 
And Andrea said, you know what? If I didn't have kids that are going to go to college and a business and the whole thing, he said, I'd start cutting right now. He said, those horses just, he said, you know, we've got to, in order to do the reining at the level we do it at, we've got to kind of turn these horses into robots. But those cutters are completely different. They're bright eyed. They're, they're a lot more expressive. And Todd said exactly the same thing. He, he, he would rather just train cutters. And think about those two guys in the reining industry are absolute legends and are amazing trainers. And they're both kind of like, yeah, I wish we didn't have to do it kind of like we have to do it. And I, I thought, you know, I was, I'm, I was kind of heading down that path at the time anyway. You know, I was kind of thinking that way anyway. And then for those two guys to admit it on a podcast, I'm like, mm, yeah, there's something to that. There really is something to that. I have, um, I have a little horse in my, tra in training with me right now that, um, he's a little, he's a little rainy. Uh, he's great with the youth kid, you know, he's, he's pretty nice. You know, he's one of those ones that has, um, <clears throat> he's busy. And he wants to, you know, screw around a lot and stuff and, and which is makes it difficult sometimes for the rainer. And, but he's got loads of talent. Like you, he can spin like a top, but he just doesn't stay in the frame the way I want him to. And, you know, and, and then the more you do with it, the more he wants to screw around and not be in the lead that he's supposed to just whatever. Then he's been a really, but, but, you know, he's a talented horse and you want to get him going along and stuff. And the little girl decided that she wanted to start doing breakaway also. And, um, and he's been one of those ones that, you know, I mean, he's fun to go and ride. He has a lot of ability, but he has not been one that, you know, like I'm looking forward to pulling him out first, yeah. you know, right. I put him on calves here the past month. I, I genuinely love that horse. He's like, he's a different horse. I mean, he's just now he comes out before it was like the warm up was like, oh my God, we just got to go through and work that lead again and whatever else on the whole warm up to getting where he'd just do what you wanted. He walks out and if he smells a cow, he's just keen as can be, man. He's ready to go work. He's happy. No screwing off. I mean, he's like super level-headed about the whole thing. And I have not experienced that before. I have not worked cattle a lot before. And he's making me really dig that. He's, he is made, he, that's a, that's something I had not experienced before. And that is, um, that's an eye-opener. Having one that really has like all of a sudden loves what, you know, I, I can, I can tell you that little horse loves what he gets to do now i can't tell you he liked it before right yeah that's a you know whatever i do next will have some purpose to it. you know you think about think about running is just an abject lesson in obedience it's like how well can i teach a horse to be obedient to do something that yeah. maybe has no purpose for the horse whereas the you know working cattle um anything where you've got to climb over obstacles horses that jump if you've ever ridden jumping horses they you know they prick their ears yeah. and they grow into the jump and yeah i, I think something where where there's a purpose to it is, is, um, is what I think I'd, I'd like to try to do. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that too. I, I really am. This, that's been an eye opener for me. Um, I don't know that. And I, and I guess that's the challenge that I'm finding in the, uh, running the paturity horse this year is, um, I, I, uh, as much of a joker as he is and stuff, I, I really want to get him to the futurity and like it as much as I do. 
right? That I, I really, I'm looking forward to see what, seeing what I have when I walk out of the pen, right? Yeah. It's just a different mindset. I'm, I, I'm, I guess that's the reason why I'm really looking forward to going back to the, you know, to big pen this, this year is just, uh, it's almost like an experiment, <laughs> you know, testing out what it is that I'm working on now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have good luck with it. Have fun with it. It'll be fun. That, we'll see. Uh, I can be easily frustrated too. <laughs> who knows? What you guys were just talking about there, like uh, as far as like the discipline of raining and all that goes, it 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 makes me think of uh, something I heard Hicks and Gracie saying. Like uh, Warwick, for, for like you may not know, but there's this guy uh, Hicks and Gracie who in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, he's just this legend because he kind of transcends the physical aspect. And he just operates on this plane of like uh, just understanding it in a different way, you know. And uh, he was saying like a great, a great, a good teacher will know how exactly like how to teach what he knows. But a great teacher can see what he needs to teach that individual, you know. And uh, and it's like it seems like that uh, is a, such a big thing, whether you're training kids or training horses or whatever it is. How do you? How do you deliver the knowledge without delivering in a way that kills their spirit, you know? Uh, and it's, and I think like just you, you guys both saying that about the raining, it seems like uh, it may not be just, the, it may be the nature of the sport, but it may also be just that, uh, you know, we're also you, horse training used to be like, you never thought about the horse's feelings. And then maybe you could start to think about the feelings, but you didn't care anyway. And, uh, and and now it's like now i think more and more people are starting to open their eyes to hopefully in the future we'll see like okay how do i deliver this knowledge in a way that acknowledges they have feelings and they're an individual and how do i get the most out of that individual with them still loving it which is exactly what you just said todd you know how do we how do we get them to the finish line with them loving it as well so yeah it'll be interesting yeah that's that's the, that's the challenge there Mm -hmm. yeah that's the competition in itself yeah that's it competition. yeah that's yeah, that's the sort of competing that i you know that the, that's yeah that's the sort of competing i'm looking to do is basically competing with i don't know you're kind of competing with your ego you're kind of competing with yourself you're kind of competing, can i do this without sacrificing yeah. them and yeah that's you, it. You, yeah. You just, I think you just have a different. You you set a different bar for yourself. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a ton of sense. That's cool. Really cool. And I think it's um, you know, for being being you know a paid performer, you know, it's different than being the non-pro going in because there's just another layer of you know expectation and whatever else. And, and I think at where I'm at on that too is that um, you know. I'm at a point where, you know, I'm doing it for the right reason and I'm just going to do it for the right reason. I care none about the other. <laughs> I really do feel like it's almost taking to the extreme of what Casey had told me before. It's like when you're training, take that hat off, put your showman hat on. And if anything goes wrong, blame that guy. <laughs> He's yeah. the one, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Well, fellas, my, my phone, I think I've got 2% battery. It's about to go flat on me. So if I cut out, that's where I went. I didn't get taken by a bear. Okay, good, good. I'm glad to hear that.
um well i enjoyed this uh warwick i really enjoyed it and i i appreciate you coming on and taking the time and um uh i'd love to be able to revisit with you if you, you know get into the next part and something else you know that you're doing being able to share this kind of stuff and help you know i think that it can be applied to every facet of life right and 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 i think you know what you're doing is is horse stuff but you're doing human stuff too and yeah. it's all the same and I think it's, I think that's some really cool stuff. It's, it, it's, you know, helping everybody grow in their knowledge of horses and themselves and everything else. Um, it's, it's just part of life on everything. And well, thanks for having me. It's been cool. And I'm, I'm so glad you guys were, were open to some of the weird stuff. I, I'm thinking, oh God, what am I going to hold? I'm not going to be able to tell these guys what I really think because uh, you know, a whack job. And then the conversation just went in the right direction and yeah, we're all cool. Nah. Sweet. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be out in the desert looking for one of those toads. <laughs> I was just gonna say, well, I don't know if I'm gonna try licking any toads, but <laughs> no. I think that the journey of life is such a cool deal, and when you get to share it and share it openly, you know, it's it's a it's a place that we all are are you know on our way through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I been mean, cool. Thank, thanks, guys. It's been so much fun. Thanks for having me. You no, may. it's been great. Thanks, Warwick. Hey, I'll chat with you later, mate. All right. See you, mate. Later. Thanks a lot, man. See ya. Wow. Thanks for listening to the Go Time Podcast with Todd Martin and Brendan O'Reilly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Go Time Ranch so you can come work with us each day to learn, have fun, and be inspired. For information on bookings and merchandise, please visit www.gotimeranch.com.